Y'all ready to be history? It's started. Welcome. Hi. 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 Hello, everyone. To the Pro Audio Suite. These guys are professional. They're motivated. Thanks to Tribooth, the best vocal booth for home or on-the-road voice recording. And Austrian Audio, making passion heard. Introducing Robert Marshall from Source Elements and Someone Audio Post, Chicago. Darren Robert Robertson from Voodoo Radio Imaging, Sydney. Tech to the VO Stars, George the Tech Whitam from LA. And me, Andrew Peters, voiceover talent and home studio guy. Line up, And welcome to another Pro Audio Suite. Thanks to Tribooth. Don't forget the code PAP200 to get $200 off your purchase. And Austrian Audio, making passion heard. And speaking of Austrian Audio, um, we did a bit of a shootout. Something I've been wanting to do for a while with the new OC16, which is their entry-level large diaphragm microphone. The OC18 and the OC818. Um, and we shall discuss that. We shall. This is the OC16 running through the Grace M101. One, two, three, four, five. This is the OC18 running through the Grace M101. One, two, three, four, five. This is the OC818 running through the Grace M101. One, two, three, four, five. Well, this is also the OC16 that I'm speaking on right now. <laughs> Lovely. And this is the OC18 I'm speaking on right now. And this is the OC18 I'm speaking on right now. Oh, well, you're on the 818, aren't you? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not, on the 818. I'm not yeah, on an NTG5. It's got to be the odd one out, <laughs> don't you, Robert? We've got, the, box, we've got the whole range now, don't we? Have the 16 and 18, and I'm on the 818. The yep, thing that the perfect. thing that strikes go, me about that. I should that. go get my OC8. <laughs> you should. <laughs> the pencil mic, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. The thing that strikes me about that is um, sort of how it's it's the, this, this one, this mic has has that inherent brightness that we talk about in things like the NTG5 and the 41.6. And then mm -hmm. you sort of, you work your way from that as you work your way towards the OC818. It's much more, the 818 is the much more natural sounding and then the 18 in the middle is kind of a hybrid of the two is the way I hear it. I, Which I is think interesting. It's, it's the yeah. OC16, by the way, if we're going to name it. <laughs> OC16. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yes. Of and course I we are. I think it's because yeah. of the six that yeah. gives it that cut. Could be. Oh, because Maybe. of the sibilance of the letter six. The or magic the number, number six. six. It's well, just, just the yeah. four. This is the four one six and the OC16. That's right. Yeah. It's just a six that makes it a cutting microphone. It does. That for a theory. Yeah. Yep. Sibilant six. Indeed. It's interesting <laughs> though because they do sort of claim that you can match them, you know, like a, an OC18, an OC818, mm -hmm. or one OC818, an OC818, um, could actually act as a matched pair. And I'm not overly convinced that that's the case. Uh, Having said that, I mean, it wasn't scientific by any means, my uh, sample, so I mean, Assuming you were the same distance from the mic, there was definitely a volume difference in the middle one, yeah. which was the, OC, uh, the OC18. Mm -hmm. But yep. even, even sort of trying to track for that as best you can mentally because I didn't I didn't normalize this out. I felt like it definitely got warmer with the 818 compared to the 18 compared to the 16. It just the the low end got smoother and maybe more extended with each mic was one of the things that I thought. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I thought it was on funny. the surface yeah. value the OC18 and this triple set was the most aesthetically pleasing to me yep like if i was going to pick one mic out of the lineup out of just based on this sample and i had those three in my locker that would be the one i would pick for andrew's voice that would the 18 like yeah yeah did you yeah. feel the 818 was a little bit too dull compared to the 18 like the yeah, 18 had, was that, a little that, bit... had that edge that the 16 had but with the warmth yeah the, the 818 is a little darker yeah. you know maybe more flat if you're going to say something about yeah. it. But, mm. and, and, and it's not in any way like a negative. It's just when you're looking at the raw audio coming directly off the mic and how much a producer needs to, mas to massage it to get it ready for mix, you know, a little bit brighter tends to be what people want to hear. Yeah, yeah. Like true. Without harsh. Yep. Right. Yep. It's just the aesthetic. It's, it's not that it's right or wrong. It's just an aesthetic. Yep. And yeah. we're very much accustomed to that. We want that little 
that extra little sizzle on the top. Mm-hmm. Um, we want, we just want to hear it. And I don't know why. Maybe it's because we've been listening to the 416 for 30 years and we're, <laughs> we're yeah. used to the extra sizzly top end that those mics. All produce. those cilia hairs have been mowed down. Yeah. It's interesting too, because there's so many plugins out there that do that too. Like um, uh, the one I use is Slate Digital's Fresh Air. Um, mm. But there's a whole bunch along that same line that just sort of muck around in that high end and, you know, all sort the, of all add the, air, the, the glass, the air. all those yeah, plugins. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the yeah push there's a bunch of them. I, I don't think it's <laughs> yeah. completely yes. in the air that, like, I, I think there's a definite difference, not necessarily in the way top end, but just even in the general kind of mid, mid-range, mid and upper mid mids. brightness yeah. that the 16 and the 18 have compared to the 818. Yeah. This one, that's the first yeah. thing that struck me because I only got this in the mail yesterday. And this is actually to when, when I plugged this in to and turned on Source Connect and everything. It was the first time I'd actually heard this, and that's the first thing that struck me was. And I said to AP when we jumped online, was that it's so bright, it's so yeah. bright. Right, it sounded bright to you without even having to compare it. Basically, yeah, totally. I listened yeah. to it and went, "Holy crap!" Listen to that. It's in a yeah. nice way. Don't get me wrong. In a nice way. In in your studio context, you're running it into what preamp? It's actually just going back in, into the back of the 002 rack at the moment. Oh, it's going through a good old 002 preamp. Yep, it sure is. Which, what is that, 20-year-old preamp? <sighs> yeah, close to that, 15. With a fistful of gain, can I just say. It takes a lot of gain. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you so, have the pad and the high passes off. All, well, there's no the pad. I've got, the high pass on, I've got the high pass on 40, and there's no pad on this mic. So, um, gotcha. I forgot that it didn't have a pad. Right, right. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. So, so with forty high pass filter, that's not even close to cutting into your voice range. No, but in terms of gain, in terms of gain mm-hmm. on the front of the 002 rack, it's at like three o'clock. And for the NTG five, wow. which is normally plugged in, that would normally be around ten or eleven o'clock. So there's a fistful oh, wow. of gain. The thing to remind you is the NTG five is really the outlier because I, I, I've I've tried the NTG five in my studio against all these other mics, and mm-hmm. it always has ten dB more output than I expected. Yeah. Like it just, it's a really, really hot mic. I was trying to remember yeah. what my 103, because AP said, where's the 103 sitting? I can't remember, but I don't remember having to wind in that much gain for the 103. It's got to, mm-hmm. it's got to be more than the Neumann needs. The 103 is hotter than the 416. Yeah. Um, the NTG5 is way hotter than the 416 and the, 10, the 103. <laughs> um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so it's it, They all have their different little, their quirks. I think the OC-16 will be really great in, for someone in a small booth because it doesn't have a boomy bottom end sound. Mm-hmm. And so it will it'll compensate better for someone that maybe has a low end boomy booth. What's the price point you know? of the 16 compared to the NT? Uh, NT1. NT NTG5? No, no, the NT1. Ooh. That's a good Because those are like... Depends what country you're talking about, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. It does depend. <laughs> I, th- I think... The, um, the, the NT1 is like a $250 mic is what I associate it with. The original. Yeah, I mean yeah. The, the current The good one, not, not the A. Yeah, not the A, right. Okay, so the NT1... Oh, this is the NT1A. Oh, NT1 yeah. kit. Oh, that's with everything. That's... Yeah. $250. Yeah, base model's around $250. Yeah, about $269. Yeah, actually, there you go. The NT1... 250 and the OC16 OC16 US dollars is uh 350 or something. I think it's 400. Yeah, 650 so, in yeah. Aussie dollars. There you go. So it is a clip more basically. Yeah. It's 359 with current it's like, promotional pricing. It's at least 100 yeah. bucks yeah. more though. Mhm. Yeah. But you also do have a, an onboard high pass filter, which I think is really, oh, you don't get that. Really, yep. really helpful. Yep. You mm-hmm. don't I mean, get that with the uh, So NT1A. many times I get samples of people with an NT1A or an NT1, either any of the NT1 and they can't series. Get and, and that's the first thing we're dealing with is like, all right, we got to put a high pass filter. Mm-hmm. And then they say, well, they tell me I have to send in raw audio. And I'm saying, what they don't know won't hurt them. Put the high pass filter on, and then you know we go right. round yeah. and round. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but a high pass filter is not on forty hertz or hundred hertz. High pass filter is not sort of. I wouldn't call that processed. I would call yeah, that no, just it's interesting though because um, I've been playing around with compressors, and um, as Robbo knows, and for the guy I work with through the imaging for and promos for a radio station in Dubai, I 
uh, use the, because I've had the 2254 sitting there like a freaking doorstop, you know, it's ridiculous. Um, so I, I got the thing going and, and I sent it off and said, look, I, I've used a, I've used some compression on this. If it, if it's shit for you, let me know and I'll turn it off. Um, and he listened to it. He loved it. He, he said it's got, you know, more crunch and he just backed off his Arvox uh, plug-in. And uh, so he, he takes everything now with the 818 through the 1073 and 2254. And the 2254 has actually brightened up the 818. It does give it some extra crunch. Yeah. Well, it brings up everything. Like, that's the nature of compression. So it yeah. would make things more apparent, more aspects of it. I think the yeah. CAD, I think the, I'm um, sorry, the Austrian Audio OC16 kind of can probably take the place in the U.S. market of the CAD E100S, I think. The, Why is that were, microphone so loved? It just had the right EQ. You know what I mean? It had a super cardioid, so mm -hmm. it was more directional. And it just had kind of the right EQ, I think. Oh, and yeah. I think that's why. But it's really a ch pretty cheap capsule inside that mic. I know. It's, <laughs> it's nothing that special. Um, they're just really good at getting good sound out of cheap capsules. I don't know how, but they do. Yeah. Um, but then they came out with the SX, which um, I'm not even sure if that's even available. And that one is not made. I don't think the SX is made in the U.S. either. And that was the other thing. Like, they had so many issues with that mic because... It was made in the U.S. and their QC was slipping big time, and now they have the SX model, which they don't—they don't tell you it's not made in the U.S. But I'm it's pretty not. sure they would <laughs> wave a giant American flag on the website if it was made in the yeah. U.S. So um, yeah, yeah, I think this CAD is a very interesting sweet spot between the the venerable high-end German mics and Austrian mics and the kind of low-end Chinese-American, Chinese hybrid mics, <laughs> yeah. of which there are a lot of them, mm. yeah. So basically yeah. with the CAD, the S is American-made and the SX is Chinese-made, is that what it is? If anybody from CAD's listening and wants to refute the statement, please come on to the show. Correct me. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. George at George the yes, dot. Yeah. <laughs> but from anything, everything I can find, yeah, yeah. everything I can find, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it, they make no claims that the microphone's made and U.S. whereas the S was so yeah. yeah. Well, that, mm. talk about m being where the location of manufacturing is. I'm still a bit confused as to where the OC16 is made. Well, I think I think it's a hybrid, it, right? I think it's, yeah, it's it's like a Boeing aircraft, right? Yes. <laughs> Parts come from multiple sources everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes they call them world mics, um, because you know the capsule might be from here. The chassis might be from here. The, so the circuit board is soldered by hand here. Um, you know, and I think those kind of mics are becoming more and more common as smaller manufacturers can go to um, a Chinese manufacturer that has a factory that bangs out beautiful, you know, brass microphone bodies all day long. Yeah. And, you know, so... Um, that's so all just probably going to change, though. Just saying, on but, the front of the CAD, it says USA series. On the, on the non, on the, just the S version, it says USA series. Right. What is that right. saying? What they're pointing out is that it is a USA made mic. Yeah. Um, and the SX is not. You know, they don't say, and they don't want to call attention to the fact that it isn't. They just deny, they just don't mention that it is. <laughs> you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Built through admission or omission, if you want to call it that. Um, but anyway, I don't, I don't even know if it's fair to bring this mic into the mix. They just, they just have this, they just both have that quirky shape. Yep. That that rectangular head basket and this certain price point and this certain a, a sound. A pad and a filter. They both have that. Do, yeah. Do they both I feel have like a filter? they're just, they have a lot of like similarities. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The 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 sixteen so, has a pad and a filter, or just a just a filter. Yeah, it has yeah, a pad and a filter. Yeah, but it only has a single frequency setting, whereas the sixteen has multiple. Oh, sorry the 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 Ecotec CAD has one, one setting. It's an on yeah. or off, and uh, the east the sixteen has a much more useful. I would I would say I would say settings. that the diaphragm on the on the uh, on the Austrian audio is much bigger than the CAD. The CAD's 
you know, when you look when you right. look at the diaphragm, it's almost like borderline big small diaphragm, Mike. <laughs> it's a medium, yeah, it's a medium sized capsule. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, yeah, the the OC sixteen is a different class. It's like a full one I inch. Think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I would say maybe the Audio Technica forty forty. How about how about that as a comparison? Is it a good comparison? It's a yeah, cardioid probably. only. Doesn't the forty forty have have pad and filter? Uh huh. Yeah. The diaphragm's not yeah. as big, and it's it's but, not in any way an ex- it's not in any way really you know fantastic mic. It's just a very good mic. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the forty fifty is a fantastic mic. Well, I th- I think the forty forty is basically like a fixed pattern forty fifty. Yeah, and, and I think that goes to show, like in this test, we're comparing this 18 and the 818, right? And they, for all intents and purposes, they should sound the same. Yeah. But they don't. And that's what's interesting. Like, just because they have the same electronics, same capsule, everything, there is something different about having those dual capsules, even when one capsule is literally turned off. Like, in a cardioid pattern mode, the back capsule is just off. Am I right about that, or am I confused? Yeah. I don't. I don't know. There, there, there's different ways to make cardioid because you can make you could use one as an omni and the other one as a um, like one one way to make cardioid is to overlap figure eight and an omni. And, uh-huh. that, and when you like, if the omni is plus and the figure eight is plus, then the minus side of the figure eight gets sliced out, and then you literally kind of start to see that cardioid pattern. Um, so I'm not sure how they do it exactly, but one way might be to completely just turn it off and rely on whatever acoustic isolation there is um, instead of like phasing out and adding diaphragms together and whatnot. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, I've always understood that a, a, a cardioid pattern mode on a multi pattern mic is the rear pattern is off and it creates the necessary backplane or whatever to create that node. That's my understanding of how most of them work. I, I think there's um, multiple methods, basically. Yeah. It was funny with the, the the test we did, though, I must admit, and the initial reaction I got was, and I played it to Robert, I sent him the file and we both listened to it at the same time, and, you know, I was thinking about, um, like, radio imaging, promos, even commercials, I actually like the 16 because it had that cut. I thought if that was your main job in voiceover, then the 16 would be perfect. Um, maybe if, maybe on a male voice for sure. Maybe not so much on a female voice that has a tendency yeah. to be overly bright. Some, not to generalize, but I mean, you know, we listen to thousands yeah. of voices. So we can kind of generalize and say most, some women's voices tend to have a tendency towards that sibilant pattern yeah. or sibilant range. And so the I, just like the NT1A was awful on a lot of women's voices because of that peakiness in the sibilance range, um, the OC16 may not be great on all women's voices. So yeah. that would be, so that just like it's a pro for some, it's a, it's a con for others. Yeah. But I'd say it's a, it's not wrong to generally say it's a, pro because we generally want a little bit of brightness we almost always add some top end yeah like robert when do you not add top end to a voice track when it when it's when, it was when, on it's, when it's annoying <laughs> like you're you're like yeah. bringing yes. stuff up and you're making it right up to the edge and and you're trying to i mean depends on what you're going for and what the mood is and everything but often it's like yeah if, if you have a really really busy mix and you're trying to take energy out of it and you need clarity, you're going to be brightening stuff. <laughs> you know, and, and making room in that area, you're going to be, you know, maybe part of brightening is actually pulling those same frequencies back and something else. Um, but it, it is a fight right. for that mid-range, essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I think you're right. Every mic complements a person in a different way. And it's it's also not, it's also the booth that, works with the whole system. But I, I, I can see this working for someone that is needing something that sounds a little bit more processed and just ready to go and might not be the fine. Like I do think the 818 has a very smooth and nice quality to it that um, I think that it's hard to, it's easy probably to give that edge to the 818. 
once the 16 has this kind of brightness imparted in it, it's kind of hard to take it away without still having the, uh, you know, it's it's hard to know exactly what it put in there to to bring it up and what the differences are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, I bet if you put the 416 and the OC16 side by side and got the mic proximity right, because that's mm-hmm. the key too, right? They have different, they have, they, have, they have different proximity effects. But if you were to be in the right sweet spot on both mics, I bet they would sound, I bet they would I sound pretty right. similar. Yeah. Just, just like, just yep. like the NT1 sounded so 416 like, and we were all floored about that. Right. Yeah. But yeah, if yeah. you got up really close, the, the, the large diaphragm cardioid mic is going to get way boomier and warmer. But the forty one six would not necessarily have know. that same the, behavior. The, the hypercardioid pattern of a four sixteen will it'll have a lot of uh, proximity to it. Well, it does, but it's different because it's a it's a side it's a um uh, what do you it's, call it's it? Interference the tube, tube. Interference, interference design. Tube. Yeah, and the capsule is quite a bit farther I know, away from. I know that the the um for for instance the figure eight pattern has got more proximity than the cardioid pattern. And the the yeah, four sixteen with its hyper super hypercardioid kind of pattern to me is a little bit more figure eight ish, um, and and I think what kind of happens is it's got that back node right, and the back node is yeah. better at picking up low frequencies than higher frequencies, and maybe that's where some of that buildup comes from. But I I don't associate uh-huh. a four sixteen with a mic that does not have a like a proximity effect. I think it's very much a mic that you can play and step into. And I think that's actually why some talent are able to use it so effectively. You can, you can play to the mic. You can get right into it and get detailed. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I heard a a guy reviewing or watched a YouTube channel and a guy was um, discussing the U87 um, because it's a love hate mic. You know, some people say it's just, you know, they don't like it. It's overpriced. Well, some say it's it's uh it's um it's pretty good at everything, and it's not yeah. great at anything. Or some, some dumb yeah. statement, some terrible statement, like like you know, it it was kind <laughs> really, of like that, really but, unkind yeah. statement. Yeah, <laughs> it, it it like he, he his conclusion was it it does most things well, right, but it doesn't do anything brilliantly. I I think of it right. as a mic that doesn't necessarily. So, bring anything or take anything away but it it's not a mic that you don't you can't just like you, you don't always just use it as it is you're you're, you're often seemingly processing a, a u87 it, it to me it comes off as a yeah. dark mic for example and it's got a really weird mid-rangey honky thing going on as well and, and which is funny because um you know it's industry standard so they say but in Australia, it's a really dumb mic because our accent has a mid-range honk, <laughs> and oh, it's emphasised yeah. by U eighty-seven. It's crazy. This is yeah. the last thing you want with an Aussie accent. So there's people in Chicago who yeah. use the yeah, so the eighty-seven either. Chicago. Yeah, you've got a similar yeah. thing, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, it is the same. It's the same sort of that tone, that ah noise is an Australian mm-hmm. and Chicago thing. Interesting, but I, I so based on that, I think if you can afford it, the eight one eight is probably. I think the way for to a go. lot of VO people, the eight one eight might be smoother and more flexible, but the sixteen is going to work extremely well for a lot of things. It's yeah. Well, I'm, I'm looking at the frequency plot of the sixteen, the OC sixteen, and you know it's an unusual one because it has two different peaks, so it like gently slopes up from two thousand. And then it has a little peak at about 6,000 or maybe like, and then it dips back down, right back down to zero at that critical, like, not even the shush, but like around 6K or something. Sibilance range. Yeah. Around six to 8K, it dips back down again. And that's almost exactly where I put the dip on a lot of people's audio. It's harsh. Because a lot of mics are just too sensitive. Yeah, and then so I put that dip, and then the mic rises back up. So it has a high shelf almost. It doesn't really truly have a high shelf because it's a, it then rolls off after that. But I mean, it goes up to about five dB. Are, are, are at ears matching? So so it has that airiness. When, when you look at the eight one eight frequency plot, 
our do our ears match our words? It, like you know, we said that the eight one eight seems smoother and has a little bit more low end, or maybe not as much high end. Is that is that what you see in the yes. plot? Yeah, definitely. Like if I look at the OC eight one eight chart instead, so let's put it in cardioid. Okay, it's very similar. I mean, they, it's a very similar pattern. Which is interesting because it doesn't sound totally similar. The A18 has a little bit of a rise, just like the other one. It starts a little bit higher, so it doesn't start till maybe 3K, and then it goes up to about 6K, and then it dips down below the 0 dB line a little bit. Then it rises up again at 12K, and then it dives off. So they're not terribly they different. Don't, they don't look the as paper. different as they sounded to yeah. us. But they. They don't look as different as they sound. I'm exactly. blaming Andrew's completely unscientific methods. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> there's, there's, there's just so, like, I know when people compare mics, I mean, we saw, we see all the shootouts. Some of them are really elaborate. Some of them, they basically do like a four mic array, you know, where the singer yep. sings right in the center of between all four mics. So they're theoretically the same distance from all four mics and, you know, all this stuff. I've seen I, some wild ones. Soundpure does some crazy ones. and uh, Yeah, they do. Soundpure do some great yeah. shootouts, actually. It's, yeah. it's tough to get a really, I think there's a limit on the number of microphones that you can test I mean. at the same time. And you can do more small diaphragm microphones and yeah. large diaphragm microphones, but you also have the issue of just getting all these microphones sure. in the same area. So now sound is kind of literally bouncing off the mm -hmm. giant body of a U47 or something. Um so you have to limit how many. Right. Yep. And and maybe the only really the best way to do it would be to find a speaker that you agree sounds amazing. And then you mic the speaker. And that way you can guarantee mm. to get the same output every time with the one microphone in the one place, not three inches away from the other one and you're arguing about mic placement causing it. Because you either have one thing that's gonna It would have to be like a it had to be like a tannoy, something with concentric yep. drivers, because where the mic is between the high and the low driver is going to matter a lot too. Yep. But, but if you put every mic in the same place, at least it's the same performance with the same output in the same position. That's true. Yeah. But, even, you know, if the, even if it's like a three-way speaker. But you got to get you know. the mic pretty close because you got to get the proximity effect because that's the way we work the mic. That's true. I mean, you know, we, we all work like six inches away. So if you're going to mic a speaker... you. You got to get it six inches away. You have away. to do three tests. You have you have to do like a like a two inch and an eight inch and a sixteen inch distance yeah. on 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 the same sound, mm -hmm. and then compare how they sound. Or else you just put as many mics in a small amount of space as possible and have someone try to be equal distance from them. But there's, it's funny. I I think the reason why there's so many microphone tests out there is because they're inherently in, unscientific. Yeah. yeah, people are often looking for the results to justify their. Well, they can't work anyway. If like if you've got four mics and they have you know two coming in from left and right and then vertical as well, so horizontal vertical pattern, and they're trying to speak in the middle. If you think about just the fact that your nose is closer to the one that's sitting on the top. And your chest yeah, is closer right. to the one that's sitting on the bottom. So, you know, even though they're pretty close together, you're still picking up different frequencies because of your skull. Yeah, you know, yeah. the, the, the only way to do it is to have a speaker that you truly just yeah. like that. That's truth. And let's, I mean, that, that, that's the way they would do it in an anechoic chamber. How, how, how do you think uh, Austrian audio is measuring these things? Like, in their anechoic so chamber. Yeah, so they, yeah, they know exactly like, what they're doing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like they got it. They got a tone and a speaker, and it's like perfectly calibrated. Yeah. And the funniest thing is, like, I wonder what microphone they're using to calibrate their. <laughs> like, yeah. like, yes, I wonder. <laughs> to calibrate, like they're yeah. using to calibrate their. Well, just to get an idea how difficult it is to do a really big shootout, check out Audio Test Kitchen sometime, and look at the unbelievable array of mics they have. And is on the that, floor? Is that the shop where they're all on the floor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've and then you that. can listen to yeah. a whole bunch of different mics side by side, and you can hear them on different instruments. I mean, it's an insane undertaking. <laughs> what yeah. They did. Unfortunately, there's not a single Austrian audio mic in there because they did it probably right before that mic came out. Yeah. 
So And it's such a giant undertaking. It's a giant yeah. undertaking. So now a brand new mic that we all know and love and we think is great is just absent from this database because yep. they would have to go back and and recreate what they did. And that so it's sort of a snapshot in time, you know? Um, it's got weird mics like Ear Trumpet Labs mics. Those are those are not designed to be accurate. They're designed to have character. Um, so they have all these weird mics, but they don't have any Austrian audios, which is just like, what? <laughs> Why not? I guess it's because they just kind of, they they came out right after this. Uh, this I mean, some of their made. setups look like torture. They're like putting rulers up to people's heads. and. Oh, yeah. Making... <laughs> yeah, yeah, they went to, I mean, anybody, you guys that are listening to us talk mics, if, if you're really, really bored, Spend <laughs> a few hours on audio test kitchen, <laughs> you know, and yeah. start training your ears and start listening to what it is, what we're listening to when we're comparing all these different mics and how some of it's subtle and some of it is not subtle. And it's a lot of mics are designed to recreate almost the same exact end result. Yep. Right. So many of them are all going for a very similar aesthetic. Right. And most of the ones we're talking about are all, I think, are all trying to do the same thing. I, th I think the difference with Austrian Audio is because of the R&D they did as the old company, AKG. Yeah. And what they were trying to achieve at AKG when the factory closed. And they took that R&D with them. Because they were just trying to recreate the C12 capsule, which they right. call the C CK12R or something, don't they? Mm -hmm. Or CR12 or whatever the um, Austrian Audio are calling it. Um, but that that was their goal. And I think based on, you know, us playing around a few weeks ago with 414 EBs and stuff, they've just done a modern take and they've done a fantastic take on that that mic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, we all agree it's a great mic. It's, it's, it's uh, when you put any great mic up against an even mediocre mic, the mediocre mic will have something different, which might catch your ear. You know, you might go, ooh. Yeah. Um, but a great mic is always going to be a great mic, <laughs> no matter yeah. what you put it there's up There's also against. a thing about like new mics every now and then. For instance, I definitely got this with the NTG5. Like when, when I first heard it, you're like, ooh, ah, a new sound. Right. And, then, and then you start to get to know what that new sound really means and how much of that is good or bad for what your goals are. And mm. I think with a really high quality mic, it has the aspect of you always come back to it or something. Um, yeah, you do. Yeah, you know everything. Yeah. Kind of, you have um, you get you get too used to something, and then you just get bored with it. So then you're looking for something new, and it's it's easy to confuse new, sort of like confusing louder with better. Sometimes new. Is yeah, 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 yeah. I know. I, I try so hard to not allow myself to get thrown off by those things. I, you know, Twisted Wave. One of its little fun hidden features is you can take. Let's say someone sends you three or four or five samples, and I. I do a I do a service on my website. I call Mic Check, and I say just send me like send me samples of like all the mics you got and all the different patterns, right? Just send them all to me. Then I I can drop them in a Twisted Wave like on mass. I can drag and drop seven waves, right? Twisted Wave can will then prompt me and say, "Do you want me to load these all into one single track and separate them all with markers for you?" And you say yes, right? So boom, now everything's in one thing with all with markers separating them. Then you can hit normalize and say normalize all of these individual clips to minus 23 dB RMS or LUFs. And it will, and you have a checkbox saying, yeah, look at each clip as an individual file, not as one long file. So it's instant. It's just automatic. I drag, drop, hit normalize, choose the option, hit amp, and done. Everything's matched. And it's such a cool thing. I don't know if there's an equivalent to do that in Pro Tools, but I, I certainly love that. <laughs> It makes it really easy yeah. for me to get them matched. Um, Pro, yeah. Pro Tools will ask you if you want to put them in order one after the other. And mm -hmm. then you can highlight them all and do uh, normalize. And there's an RMS normalize. And it can but do it'll, clip it'll, by it'll clip. normalize them as a, as a, as a team. No, um, you have an option to go clip by clip or make a whole new. You can decide how it does it. Oh, cool. Okay, it's the same yeah. idea. Yeah, yes. yeah. Makes it really easy to when you're matching files to make sure you really are matching them to and, the same volume. I mean, I yeah, I should make sure that's the behavior, but you definitely have the option because in Pro Tools, once you normalize it, the question is, do you get one massive file or ten different files? Right, right. 
Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure that's part of the the analysis. Well, going back to the does the in a cardioid mic does the rear capsule stay active or turn off? And I remember now looking at the different polar polar patterns on the physical mic. What they did with Austrian audio, just because they're clever, is in the cardioid pattern, they don't make they don't show you a cardioid shape. They show you a figure eight shape, but the back of it is black. So what they're saying is, yes, it's just the front capsule and the back capsule is off. And that's what they're symbolizing with the uh, Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a, I've never seen a mic company do that. It's actually not even a figure eight pattern. It's just literally two cardioid patterns, one on top of each other. And then the bottom one is black or dark, meaning it's off. So ah, that's their okay. way of saying, yeah, we just turn off the rear capsule. Yeah. I remember that now having talked to them about it. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so the way the two capsules interact with each other, the way a, a single capsule cardioid mic has a, it has to have some kind of a backplane, um, but how it does it um, definitely is going to change the way we hear the mic. Yeah. I remember, I remember looking at handheld dynamic mics and being endlessly perplexed when I was how they, learning how about mics. That, <laughs> well, well, how... I have an EV, uh, what's it called? It's the classic reporter mic. 30, um, uh, three, 635. Yeah, I have one of those, right? <laughs> it's a nominee. <laughs> and it has a grill right in the front, and then the entire back of the capsule from the grill to the handle is metal. Correct, right? and that the makes it an omni. It nothing. It makes it an right. omni. But you would think that because the whole back is closed, it would be cardioid, right? But there's no pressure that's difference. that's not how mics... Right, right. Right, that's not how mics work. So when you have a mic that's cardioid, you actually need a vent in the back. Correct. For that cancellation to happen. So it, if when you're looking at them on... If, if you didn't know anything about mics, I mean, if you didn't understand and you were just thinking logically, you might think it was the omni mic has the holes in the back. Doesn't have to have a place... Doesn't have to have a way to pick up sound from the rear if it's an omni. You know, that's what's kind of funny about mic design. It's that that whole venting versus no venting and all that stuff. It's and how it changes the capsule. Is it, it is mind-boggling how an SM57 is like by or even a four four one six. Like by letting sound into the sides a little bit later, it phases it in. Somehow it's done so that it doesn't really skew the uh, the frequency response so bad. But we know there is a skew in the frequency response. That's the whole off pattern, you know. It's the off. unidine. Yeah, unidirectional. They, that, they patented the, isn't that, isn't that like a patent thing? The whole unidine thing? That is, but other microphones use, you know, venting on the sides to get their polar pattern. Like they just. But I'm thinking Sure may have been the first one to do that with a dynamic mic. I think they were because, and, and they first tried to get a cardioid mic out of the um, the gas pedal ribbon mic. Tried to make that one a cardioid. So on the back of it, playing with the back. Um, I don't know. The gas pedal looks like a big metal flat gas pedal. Isn't that why it was called that? Yeah. It looks like a like an accelerator pedal. It's just like this flat Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It has like very 1930s Art Deco looking sort of grill to it. And and it was one of the first mics to be a, um, a ribbon but try to do multi-pattern. And I think the Altec Birdcage tried the same thing. And... They were doing acoustic baffles on the back of the ribbon. Right. Were, um, it physically was opening and closing vents or mm-hmm. something, right? Exactly. But I, I'd love to find it. I, I've been Googling it here, and I can't find exactly. I, I'm pretty sure that there's two ways to get polar patterns out of large diaphragm mics, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. literally adding the two diaphragms together or adding them out of phase mm-hmm. or in phase, and other times it's just here's all of the front diaphragm and somehow acoustically it's you know because yeah. that implies that the omni pattern is just two cardioids like two two naturally directional microphones back to back yeah that's what it is I, I i believe that there's a possibility that in some large diaphragm condenser microphones the omni pattern is the single pattern is the single diaphragm configuration yeah maybe uh, that yeah i don't know i would have to talk to some you know, we'll have to have David Royer on sometime. Would you guys like to have a long episode just about microphone design? Teach us. We'll bring on David Royer. Yes. <laughs> yes, I can tell it will be. <laughs> it could go for hours. <laughs> yeah. 
Talking talking the Austrian audios, what's the conclusion? What do you what do you think? To wrap it the, up. The sixteen eighteen. <laughs> I, I like the I like the smoothness of the eight one eight personally. Yeah. But I can see how the sixteen is yeah. If money was no object, I would still pick the eight one eight. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the eight one eight to me is it's so cliche to say this. I feel like the eight one eight is the U eighty seven killer. Um it just out U87s, the U87 in every way. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It's I agree. more versatile. It's, it's just sounds nicer out of the box. It's way less expensive. I mean, you know, it just it is. It's like a third the price. It's just oh my gosh. In an ex- yeah. in a in a universe where the OC18 818 exists, the 818 exists. The U87 doesn't seem to have a useful place. <laughs> I guess it's what I'm saying. If, Sorry, if there's Neumann. no marketing and history involved, you mean? Yeah. Right, 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 if, right. If you were a blind yeah, person, what yeah. would you pick? If you didn't get one eight. Yeah. yeah. I think so. I mean, I picked, I like the 18. I bet you the 818's cleaner Definitely. and less noisy than the 87. Oh, probably. I don't, I don't have those numbers in front of me, but the, the equivalent noise of the... Because the eighty-seven has a transformer, yeah. remember? But I mean, I mean, right. we're talking about an eighty-seven AI specifically. Because I guarantee, if we don't do yeah, the AI, then it's definitely noisier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But AI uh, self noise is is yeah. I, I would imagine it's pretty close because the TLM one one three is even lower than than nine. It's like I think six or five um, or seven. And seven is the number. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, since we're talking about it. I think the 818 is actually minus six. Um, I'm memory. on the website. So the 818's equivalent noise level in is 9 dB SPLA weighted. Oh, okay. The U87's self-proclaimed self-noise is, did they actually tell us? Um, hmm. Huh. Data. How do we go to data? Interesting. I can't load the data. <laughs> I can't load it. You cannot I can't it. tell you. Oh, I have to click the accept all button at the bottom for the cookies. stupid cookies. Okay, there we go. That's what it is. Okay, self-noise, it, uh, what I'm seeing for the U87 AI is 12 dB. So the mm-hmm. it's quieter. Yeah. Be. I'm seeing much higher. Um, in cardioid... I'm seeing 12. Did you say 12? I say, yeah, 12 is what yeah, I'm yeah. saying. For cardioid, yes. And the 818 right. cardioid yeah. is, is, yeah. 12. is nine? Is that nine. cardioid or is that omni? Yeah. So, okay. So, so it's, I mean, that's, that's real, you know? The lowest number yeah. is always going to be the cardioid because that's with one capsule. We think. Yeah. Right? Yeah, there's less in the circuit and there's less preamps going on. Yeah. Or, you know, with U87, actually, they actually bother to give you the three different measurements. Mm-hmm. So Omni's 15, Cardioid's 12, Figure 8 is 14. That's fascinating. But they're all higher than the OC818. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So if you're really worried about noise, I mean, I have people with 416s and they go, geez, I never really noticed that this mic is that noisy. I'm like, well, yeah, it's not terribly noisy. Well, but it's well, twice as uh, roughly twice as twice as noisy as one, a one of the reasons why a large diaphragm mic is preferable over a small diaphragm is because it's easier to make a large diaphragm mic quieter. You basically have more right. signal, more collector to noise ratio. Like, um, so the small diaphragm mics can be more accurate, but they are more noisy. Large diaphragms are technically less accurate, but they're quieter. And there's like one of the teeter totters right of. Off gigantic multi-teeter-totter system when you're designing a mic and all the pluses and minuses of, yeah. You know, if, if you were to look at a company that's gone all in on small diaphragm, look at yes. Earthworks and take a look at their yeah. mics. They've gone yeah. all in. Even their broadcaster mics, and they have some really cool ones, um, are still using their their small diaphragm capsule design. And and, and I got a pair, um, I got a pair, of, I got a pair of their Omnis <laughs> and I got to say, like, drum overheads, great. Mouse farting, not so great. Um, <laughs> like it just depends yeah. on what you're doing with them. Yeah. They, they definitely get it done, and they're because Earthworks really has like an ultra small diaphragm, even smaller than say what a BNK does. Very yeah. small. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, they're they have interesting science well, behind their mics. What, what is the no um what is Neumann's yeah. posted you know graph look like compared to the eight one eight in terms I bet you Neumann does not have that dip at eight K. Right. No, it doesn't. In, in fact, it has it's really more of a mid range rise and then it slopes mm -hmm. off at the top. Yeah. It does not have that nuanced that air, that EQ thing. Yeah. of the yeah, it's not it's not as nuanced. It's a flatter sound. I mean, my understanding was the U87 was typically and very very commonly used as orchestra mics. Yeah, I mean, I mean the the M50 the M50 is your classic orchestra mic. That's the the decatree that yeah. you see. Those yeah. are omnis. Right. Um, right. Right. But the 87, I believe, was more um, often used as a. I mean, it it comes from the same use case as a. a 47 and a 60, it's, it is a 67, right? An 87 is a tube. Yeah. There's a transistorized 67. Um, and the, and I think the, the diet, the capsule changed only in that they had to make the distance between the plates smaller because they were dealing with less voltage than the, um, than the mm -hmm. tube, but they're, they're vocal. I, I think of them as vocal mics as I, I guess instrument, you know, mics, but, the 47 is very much a vocal mic, it seems. Well, where, yeah. where, the, where the U87 and the A18 differ is completely above 5K, yeah. right? So the 87, I'm looking at it now, is relatively, it's, according to their chart, is ruler flat um, until 5K. And the 818 is rising. And then it has a rise. Uh, and then it has a rise that rises up to about 8K. About 8K is where the 818, it's dipping. So at the top end, the two mics have almost a mirror image of each other in terms of response. It's it's actually they're very different. So that's interesting. Mm. Yeah. And then if you go to the that's cardioid. Now, if you look at the figure eight, the rise on the on the U87 is much more subtle, way more. It has a little tiny rise around 5K. And this is why I love figure eight on women's voices on the on the U87. Like I, I think it sounds so much more smooth and full, and it also gets rid of that booth honkiness, that mid-range ring. <laughs> if you stuff, point it in the right, you know? if, yeah. If you point it in the right way, yeah. if as long as it's pointing the right it just direction, it has that wonderful exactly. side yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know. I was trying to get my client um, Leah McCormick, who's been on a U87 for years in a, in a small studio brick booth to switch to that figure eight. And she did finally, but unfortunately that, you know, after years of precedence of the way she sounded on the cardioid, it was yeah. just too different. You know, it yeah. was too dark. They were, they, that's not what they wanted. And I was like, well, it sounds better. <laughs> it really does. It sounds objectively yeah. better, but it was just too different. So she went back to the 87 and what we ended up doing was adding more acoustical treatment to her booth, you know, so it's gotten smaller on the inside. <laughs> Unfortunately, but we had to do yeah. it to get rid of that that three to four hundred range frequency bump that the booth. But but this created. this brightness difference that we're noticing with the eight one eight, it's consistent with the difference you would assume to be between a C twelve and a seven. Or mm, like I I do associate yeah. the eighty seven yeah. with a thicker, broader sound, maybe as you say, like more flat technically. And the and the C twelve yeah. is airy and more hyped, um, but not not yeah. Which is interesting because if you think about um, the sixty seven, uh, the UM fifty seven, I think it was called the back in the fifties, uh, which is basically what my Microtech is is the the M ninety two point one is a UM fifty seven I think. But it's very similar in like the same tube. A lot of circuitry is very similar to the um, U67. But the Microtech doesn't sound dark at all. In fact, quite the opposite. For a, a tube mic, it sounds mm. quite bright. Mm. And it's the same capsule, same tube. So, so well, it does a, to my ear anyway. If it's a 67, it's an... It's an M7 so that's capsule. Not the, that's, that's not the capsule that would be so, an 87 or a 67. No, because I think K the K67, isn't it, or whatever it's called for the... Um, um, so the capsule yeah. would be different, actually. 
And then the tube should be an EF86. Yeah. Or I, I believe. Which mine's got, yeah. And that's yeah. like the core of an 87. However, the, and then the transformer. And interestingly also, the the uh, Microtech, my Microtech is actually more expensive now than um, a U87. How bizarre is that? You know, the closest equivalent I think is in the lineup from Neumann to the OC818 would be the TLM170R. Even well, they're both transformerless, right? No. Transformerless. It's multi-pattern. It's got omni-wide cardioid, cardioid, hypercardioid, and figure eight. That's a tongue twister. Um, 14 decibel noise A-weighted, so it's still noisier. Um, can handle up to 154 decibels. That's insane. Um, and what is interesting is the figure is the pattern. It's sort of like if you take the OC818's pattern, which has a boost and then a yep. cut and then a boost, it just doesn't have the first boost. So instead of it, it just, it actually has a cut. It goes flat to about 5K, then it dips a dB or two, then it then rises it a dB, yeah. and then it rolls off. So it's almost dead flat. I mean, it is really flat. So if you really are truly looking for a flat, a dead-on flat mic, that's the TLM 170. Or, 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 or many others. If I, you I, want to I save some the, money, uh, get, get Sennheiser get MKH-20 uh, was like bizarrely flat. That's it. Yeah, yeah. But I guess we, when we, we keep talking about the U87 and thinking no, of it as a flat mic. It's not. It's not. In the Neumann Correct. lineup, it is not considered a flat mic. When, it is. The TLM one, they literally call it uncolored, linear, what, and flexible. What, what um what what point do you think that high pass filter is on the eighty seven? In a weird place. That's another thing. The high pass filter in the U eighty seven, the U eighty seven is useless for it almost any it. voiceover it context. It's well, at like three hundred. Like three hundred is probably the halfway down point. I think it starts at like seven hundred when you're looking at the 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 patterns. Is it like that? It's like the it's like the MyLab the MyLab was like that. It had a four hundred hertz. Like, you're like, what is it doing so high? Well, it just shows you that it was not designed for a voiceover <laughs> or singing. It was designed for... Yeah, that's probably like a... The, you put a them up in an orchestra. Thing. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, and you want to make sure it doesn't pick up the rumble in the room. You just want it to pick up the air and the reverb of the room and the liveliness. So then you just flick that on and take care of it. Um, but yeah, it's, that's another killer app of the U8, the killer app of many. And we know you guys have heard us talk about this mic a lot. It just has a much more useful high pass filter. Like it's way yep. more useful for what we need as a voiceover. Um, yep. It's just far more usable in every way. And then we're not even talking about the the pattern design. Oh, that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> that's a whole nother. Yeah. Or the, or the yeah. other three OC818s you could have bought with the same money. <laughs> Dead on. Well, that was fun. Is it over? The Pro Audio Suite. With thanks to Tribooth. And Austrian Audio. Recorded using Source Connect. Edited by Andrew Peters. And mixed by Voodoo Radio Imaging. With tech support from George the Tech Whittem. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and join in the conversation on our Facebook group. To leave a comment, suggest a topic, or just say good day, drop us a note at our website. Theproaudiosuite.com.